Hello, friends. Welcome to the Genuinely Interested Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week on the podcast, I have Hemant Mehta, who owns and runs the site The Friendly Atheist. He's also got a YouTube channel, Twitter, and a podcast, which I'm not sure if they still are running, but definitely used to because I remember listening to it and uh, got a lot of interesting guests on. So I wanted to bring him on. He is like the site suggests, the friendly atheist. He is atheist and friendly. So it's interesting. A lot of atheists tend to get into debates. Uh, That's not something he's really interested in. He just wants to put out content, gets you to think about it. Uh, You don't have to change your views. You don't have to do anything. But all you can do is, is listen. And if this is something that you think, huh, I never thought about it that way. Well, I think that's uh, that's probably all that he wants to do in creating those videos, just to get you to do some critical thinking of your own, which is really, it's all you can really do. Critical thinking, independent thinking, rethinking things, just outside the box a little bit. We all grew up on ideas and notions that are not so relevant for this day and age or are maybe we're seeing them for what they really are, or it could be that they're just not true. You know, we grew up on a lot of things. We grew up uh, dairy builds strong bones. Uh, not really. You know, haven't had dairy in about 25 years. Got some of the strongest bones I know. So we really had a great time uh, in this podcast. We, The whole premise of the show is to really have genuine conversations with genuinely interesting people. In good faith conversations too. Uh, this isn't some gotcha type of thing. This isn't a debate. You know, we just wanted to have an honest conversation about topics that sometimes maybe some people don't want to really bring up. You know, politics is very touchy. Religion is very touchy. Atheism, all these are, I don't want to say taboo, but are kind of taboo. And it's topics that people don't really want to touch. So glad that you know, he brings up these videos once a week or whenever he puts them up because I do think they are important and I do think these type of conversations are also important. And uh, yeah, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of different subjects, a little too much politics, which I try to keep away from. But, you know, politics and religion tend to be intertwined and connected at the hip nowadays more than ever. So it's almost inevitable. But again, good conversation. And I'm happy that we were able to to discuss some of the things that we did. And I had a great time. Hopefully we can do it again in the future. As far as the podcast itself, guys, subscribe, rate, review. I see the people that, that are putting and I really do appreciate it. But, you know, if we really want to get the show up and running and the more reviews we have the more people can see it and yeah it just gives the show a little bump so we really uh really appreciate it so without further ado here is uh this week's guest Hamid Mehta the genuinely interested podcast Hey, Hammond, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? 
Good, good, man. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. I'm glad to be here. This will be fun. Yeah, definitely. I've, uh, you know, I've been following your uh, YouTube channel that you started about six years ago. Kind of maybe walk us through what was the premise, why you started it. Yeah, sure. So uh, about six years ago for YouTube, um, you know, I've been writing about atheism, religion, mostly church-state separation, legal type of stuff, more so than I care about you becoming an atheist. You know what I mean? I don't really care. It's more about, let me put out my opinions and let me talk about the political side of things. Um, And I did, a friend of mine, actually, a guy I met, he said he wanted to this is a little longer story, but he said he wanted to do a documentary on young atheists. And he said, let me talk to you for this potential documentary I'm doing, because I've written about young atheists. I do it all the time. I've worked with them. And so he kind of, one of the things we did is he kind of tossed out softball questions to me. You know, how do you come out to your parents? How do you deal with that switch in thinking? Things like that, that are basic level questions if you're starting to have doubts about your religious faith. And I didn't really know what he was going to do with it. I He could do whatever he wanted. Um, but we filmed it, and he ended up putting those clips, just one question at a time, on YouTube under this channel called The Atheist Voice. And what shocked, I think, both of us is the fact that people found those videos with virtually no promotion from either of us. It turns out, like, When I was younger, I would Google these questions or I would go to whatever the proto Google was to say, what happens if you don't have faith anymore? And a lot of younger people now just go to YouTube and type those things in because they want to hear someone tell them the answer and maybe they'll connect with someone. And for whatever reason, they were connecting with the stuff I was saying and that channel. And we actually forget the documentary. He came back and we did it again. More softball questions. Um, and I answered them to the best of my ability. We kept doing it. Then we started having fun with it. Then we started saying like things you shouldn't say to an atheist because you mean well, but it comes off wrong. Uh, other things like that. And a lot of those videos kind of took off on YouTube. And so we did that for several years and to the point where like I ended up getting a camera filming stuff. I would send it to him. He would post it. And uh, about a year ago, long story short, I took a long hiatus. I moved. and. Then I was like, you know what? I have my own setup here. I have my own equipment. I'm just going to try to do it myself, which means doing all the video editing and trying to make the videos myself, which is a lot harder than I thought it would be. But (laughs) yeah, so I, I ended up starting my own channel called Friendly Atheist, which is my website. And I've been kind of trying to do the same thing where it's talking about like atheism 101, yes, but also talking about current events and trying to have some fun with the format. And it's been a really interesting learning experience. I feel like I'm in my like upper 30s now. And I feel like if I was 16, this would go so much faster and more easily. Uh, But I'm trying to teach myself how to do YouTube at this point, which is a weird thing. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, the kids i i'll see my nephew and i remember when he was maybe four or five he was just so intuitive with everything and he's already yeah. coding. he's like i think he's what 10 now 10 or 11 he's already learning the code <laughs> you know how hard it would be it would be for me to start coding now it would be very yeah. possible i and mean even my, i have a four-year-old who can just navigate youtube without even knowing really how to read or anything she, but she knows yeah. how to find the stuff she wants which is interesting. Yeah. 
and they'll download the apps and they'll figure out, you know, they'll, they'll download the, the free ones and they'll figure out how to go around all those little things that try to sell them on the, on the app without paying for it. <laughs> they're right. so intuitive. They're so, they're really good about it. So yeah. What's weird too is like, I've been, I've been giving talks at colleges for several years about po- politics and atheism and that intersection and things like that. I've been talking about this for years and for the past few years, every time I speak at a college campus, or even if I, it's just a local group or something, um, if it's weird, like anyone who's, I'm making this up, but like if they're 30 or older, they know me because of my website and the articles I post on there. If they're younger than 30, I swear they only know me because of the YouTube stuff. And that is a weird divide that I didn't, I didn't see that coming and I should have. Yeah. YouTube is the second largest search engine. So I believe it. That's the majority of people, you know, how many times do you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story that has nothing to do with, with the specific topic, but yeah. years back, um, my, um, my wife decided she, she wanted to quit her job and great. You know, she, she had enough, so she quit her job and okay. she was kind of looking for the next thing to do. And one day she was making us guacamole and cut her finger. Right. Uh-huh. And she goes to the hospital and she has to get like 12 or 15 stitches. Uh-huh. And because she quit her job, she didn't have. Um, oh no! Trip. Yeah. So a few days after we come to the hospital, we're like, "All right, you know, we we need to get the the the, um, the thing out." And um, they're like, "Yeah, it's gonna be about a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars." Oh my god! Yeah. Just to get it out, it it literally takes two minutes. I was like, "You know what? Leave this. Let's go home." <laughs> I YouTubed. How do you get stitches out? Did it work? It worked perfectly. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, it was amazing. It, it literally yeah, even... three minutes to get it out. It cost me two bucks. I went downstairs. I had like some alcohol, <laughs> gauze, scissors. You know, a hundred percent fine. That's awesome. I've done the same thing with do-it-yourself, like home stuff. If something is broken, it's like, well, before I call anybody, let me see what I can do here. Yeah, and and honestly, like you get good content. This isn't some crap. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll have to watch like 15 minutes of, of some intro that the the, the yes. will give you until you get to the actual thing. But for the most part, you can find really quality uh, DOI or whatever it is that you need. Yeah, I found this with even topical stuff, too. Like uh, in my neck of the woods and the topics I write about, there are some people who are whose videos I look forward to because they're nice and eloquent and smart about how they approach these topics. And a lot of other people where I'm like, I don't like anything they post, even though they're talking about the same topics. And once you develop that sense of trust with a certain group of people, it's like, okay, I want to know what they have to say. And it is really interesting to see how people communicate in ways that weren't around when I was younger. Um, Because I just didn't get information from videos growing up. It wasn't an option. Um, And the ways people are doing it now, I feel like I'm, I'm, learning a bunch of stuff I never would have learned when I was younger, just because of the diversity of the types of people who are making stuff. Yeah, well, it's a mix, right? You We're living in the era of information and yeah. we're living in the era of mis- and disinformation. Yeah, uh, There's just so much out there available at the palm of your hands. You can ask any question and virtually get an answer for it. Right. But on the flip side, it's like there's just so much misinformation out there and there's so much... Um, bias and party politics and agendas that people are trying to push that it's yeah. sometimes hard to sift through the 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 crap and to it, get it the is. actual truth 
It really is. And it's always annoying when you see people who are spreading disinformation or bad opinions who have like a gazillion more subscribers than all the people you like. 100%. Um, so maybe let's talk about your bit of how did um, you grow up? Is it a religious household? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a religious household. It wasn't extreme. It wasn't fundamentalist in any sort of way, but it was a, a smaller Indian religion. And it is one that I never even thought to question until I kind of got around like age 14. I started questioning it. I started looking things up for myself. And the answers that I found um, which basically said not only because they didn't say that my religion was wrong. I grew up in a religion called Jainism. It is a smaller Indian religion that not a lot of people are talking about. And so all the stuff I read was basically saying, one, they didn't talk about Jainism, but they said it's not a specific religion that's wrong. It's religion that is wrong. And the things they were saying just seemed to make sense. Like I didn't need them to convince me. I, I just started asking different questions. And over the course of a few months, I'm like, this seems to make a lot more sense. And so then I started reading up on it more. And by the time I got into college, I was like, I, I want to meet other people who feel this way. I started a group on campus, I began joining uh, and got into the leadership of some national organizations. And that kind of segued into working with a lot of advocacy organizations, nonprofits. And so that was part of it. I was doing this volunteer work with a lot of church state separation groups, atheist advocacy groups. And at some point, I had the opportunity to kind of start my own thing. And so I started writing about it on a website by myself. And that's the thing for me that's kind of uh, been around so i've been doing that now for like 15 years or so writing about this stuff wow yeah it feels forever i don't know what yeah. i'm gonna be doing <laughs> i i've had like actual real human jobs yeah in between but now i kind of do this full time it's better man it's much better trust it me. is it's a it's a cool thing to be able to do and i i don't take it for granted do you think there are because yeah, like you said you were brought up in a household that um practiced jainism would you say there are better religions, like, for example, Buddhism or Jainism, yeah. than, you know, I don't want to name what I sure. think maybe not as good, but it, it, yeah. it really does depend what we are talking about. Like, there's somewhere if you believe conservative interpretations of those religions, things can go really bad because they might say violence is okay in certain situations. But by and large, most people aren't following that. Um, what I've seen is larger religions, because of just their size, when you talk about the fringe elements of any one large religion, it ends up being a lot of very harmful people. Like in the US, for example, for all the criticism I've heard of like Islam and stuff in the US, the Muslims who get elected to office, the ones who are local leaders and stuff, I found them to be really I find my own values overlapping with theirs in so many ways. They're not an issue for me. For I know for in the US, like conservative Christianity has so much political power. And I feel like the things they do with that power goes against my values. And so that to me is a big issue. So to your question, are there better religions? I mean, it depends what we're talking about. Like conservative Christianity isn't killing anybody, but I think it makes a lot of people's lives worse. I think if you are fundamentalist Jane 
or Buddhist or something. Yeah, it's not going to lead to violence per se, but there are religious dogmatic elements. So the question that I've tried to ask is like, well, what is the goal here? Um, what is my goal personally? And I may disagree with a lot of the religious beliefs, obviously, but I also don't think I don't think it's a high priority for me to say you're wrong about X, Y, and Z, because for the most part, it's like, well, if you're just believing on your own and living your life and and hopefully doing good, like, I don't care if you're wrong about that, because like, I'm, I'm sure everyone's the same way. Like, I think everyone who's not me is wrong about everything, about every other topic. But yeah. who cares? It doesn't matter by and large. Like, oh, you like a different sports team? Fine, let's argue for two seconds. But it doesn't matter. Um, and I feel like for most people, religion's the same way. So I try to focus my attention on who's going against the values I care about. And in in the work I do, that tends to be a conservative element of Christianity and not so much fringe elements of other religions. We'll call them out. We'll talk about it. But those are not big issues. Um, it, it depends on better. Like, I've heard even atheists, like hardcore, very, very strident atheists, say things like, if people were fundamentalist Jain, like me, uh, which Jainism professes a belief in nonviolence. So, like, they are fundamentally nonviolent. They are vegetarian. They... Theoretically, if you talk about like hardcore, big quotation marks, uh, Jane's, we're talking about people who wear masks over their faces when there is no pandemic. We're talking about people who sweep the ground before they walk on it so they don't step on bugs. That's how hardcore, you know, it gets. So that sounds actually pretty decent and nice, but there are also beliefs that are wrong. There are beliefs that are harmful when it comes to fasting and how long you should do it and what age you should do it at. So I don't know, like, it, for me, it seems like the bigger question is, I want you to think the right way. I want you to be a critical thinker. I want you to ask the right questions. I want you to get information from reliable sources. And that, to me, is a bigger issue than just a religious thing. Because I think there's a lot of religious people I disagree with about the God question, but I probably agree with on everything else. Because they're just saying, okay, I believe this thing. It is based on faith. I admit that. And here's what I'm doing with it. And it's like, all right, fine. Like, you admit that, then let's talk about the things we have in common. Let's work toward that. And I feel like a lot of atheist organizations have basically done that too. On legal issues, they will ally with religious groups that share values on charity work or uh, helping other groups, fighting for justice. Like, they will gladly ally with progressive religious organizations. Yeah, you mentioned um, vegetarianism a little mm -hmm. Would you say, because this is something I think I've noticed, but I'm not, you know, I don't have any stats to back this up. Yeah. Would you say there's a larger vegetarian um, sector within the atheist movement? Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but anecdotally, yeah. Like if I've hung around or if I've gone to atheist conferences or hosted by a group or something like I feel like when I was younger in high school and in college, if I ever went to any meeting of anything. I would have to go out of my way to say, you know, I, I want a vegetarian meal or I would just order whatever is on the menu that is not catered to me, but it's the stuff I can eat. Um, and yet from the very first time I ever went to any atheist thing, like they went out of their way to say we have vegetarian meals for those of you who want it, because we know so many of you have ethical reasons for being vegetarian. So we're going to make sure we have we offer that. Um, and 
uh, yeah. So anecdotally, I found that for the most part, when people are saying, look, I want to live a good ethical life, um, part of that is also in their food consumption. So they try to do it that way. So yeah, you meet a lot of vegans, a lot of vegetarians for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe take us back a little bit. I mean, how did you, I mean, like you said, you grew up in a, in a religious household. Mm -hmm. um, what was, were there, you know, Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, Hitchens, were there books that you started reading at some point or were there videos or a friend that mentioned something what kind of sure. thing you the to down the path of huh this might not be what i really want to do yeah it was interesting that so my own change kind of happened in the late 90s because that's when i was in high school but it wasn't a person i i seriously my family moved and that was a hard time for me like right before high school but i remember just thinking why would god do this and where that led me to was I tried searching, like, what happens if you don't believe in this? Or why would God do this? And remember, this is before Google was really a thing. Um, and so the sort of sites that would come up on like AOL dial-up late at night, are ba they look like things written by dudes who live in their basements and like, oh, I know how the internet works. Let me type out my manifesto. You know, it seems in retrospect pretty like, why was I reading that stuff? But when I read them, I just remember thinking, their arguments make sense to me. Um, and this is about a decade before any of those quote unquote new atheist books ever came out. So I never like none of those books really changed the way I think I was already thinking it. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of started by reading these random websites, newsletters, things like that. And, and it just seems to make more sense. And what was really cool is when all those books, the ones you mentioned, Dawkins, Harris, all those started coming out, I was already an activist. I was already working with organizations like none of the material in those books surprised me or changed me because they had been thoughts running in our circles for a long time. But what was interesting is watching it break out of my little circle and start going to larger mainstream arenas like Time Magazine has a debate with Sam Harris in it or Richard Dawkins is like his God delusion is a bestseller. I only knew him because he was a science writer and I really liked his science books, but he became like really well known as an atheist guy. And that's not how I knew of him. You know what I mean? So that was a interesting thing to watch other people kind of become atheists because they read that stuff. And that also has its up and down side that they came in through that particular window. Um, cause because of that, you also get people who hold a lot of views I don't share. Um, I came in through like, I'm working, we're all fighting for a certain cause. And a lot of those people who kind of read those books and said, I'm an atheist, they very much held a all religion is bad sort of viewpoint. Uh, or at least more often than not, they they seem to have had that. So it was it was interesting to watch that change happen. And I feel like it's the pendulum's going in the other direction now. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about someone like Sam Harris, who's mm -hmm labeled uh alt-right and he's been labeled all these things and instead of yeah basing his basing it on the merit of his ideas they try to label and i feel like here in the u.s um labels are a massive thing and i kind of start thinking like do we really need those like even atheism right like right why can't we be agnostic because the reality is we really don't know you know once you become part of a a tribe you start to adhere to the rules of the tribe and you know right. you know 
like for example, um, I'm pretty much vegan, right? But yeah. I'll, I'll eat eggs because I want to. Fuck it, it's my life. Right, right. It's, it's something I feel comfortable with. But if that's something that I'll say on social media, not that I have some you know massive following that people really care what I do, but I've seen other people that they do do that. They're excommunicated from from the tribe, right? Like, oh, you can't be with us anymore because you don't adhere to, to, to our rules. And I just feel like these labels sometimes are a little bit unnecessary. I'm X, I'm Y, I'm Z. Right. Or I'll be, you know, it, it's party politics. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I, I don't disagree with you. I do, I understand the cancel culture mentality sort of thing. And look, I've been on, a side of that like i'm sure i've been canceled by some groups or another at some point but by and large like i think for me personally it helps that i just kind of work for myself and these are my views and i don't know i have a long period of time to back up who i am what i stand for where i'm at now um i feel like it's harder to label me because i'm not trying to fit into those circles i don't know like there are some people i feel that i would cast them off i don't care what they have to say i'm i don't really like their views um i i just try to be on the right side for me i i have to be able to defend the stuff i'm saying i'm not saying stuff to be provocative or anything um so i feel like on social media what's worked for me is i just this is how i feel this is what i'm saying um, and I am trying to be cognizant of how people may take that. Yeah. It doesn't mean I change what I'm saying. It means I may change like what I might say to a friend in person is not necessarily going to be the way I say those same things out there. Because um, I, I, I mean, everything I write online too, you have to write that stuff thinking, how are people going to perceive this? Because if they're going to take it a different way than I intend, then I'm a bad communicator. Mm -hmm. so i try to communicate it to a way that like okay what's the worst critic gonna say about this and that means you know you got to be fair i'm documenting i'm I'm citing my sources i'm providing the video for people who want to see it so you don't just have to take my word for it um and i try to be charitable when i'm offering commentary but also i'm trying to make sure that if i'm criticizing someone i'm criticizing the right person for i'll give you an example there was a girl who said something i thought was racist and she got in trouble for it but she's a high school student who was accepted to a college said something racist about the the recent protests mm -hmm. and the college that she got admitted to basically said you know what you're no longer admitted and you're not getting a scholarship from us and when i i wrote about that because it was a christian school and this was a girl who bragged about her faith and stuff so it, it's in my wheelhouse. But I remember thinking, like, I'm not going to publish her name. I know it. I'm not going to publish it because I don't want to pile on. She's a kid. I don't care if she's 18 or whatever. Like, I'm not going to pile on because it's not about her. What I want to talk about is, was the college's decision the right one? Yeah. Because, um, again, I hope she changes her mind. But um, I was trying to think, like, what would you, what would the alternative position be? The alternative position might be, uh, well, she was right to say what she did. Well, I don't agree with that. So I have no problem just saying, no, she was wrong. It was a racist thing. I don't think it's unfair to call her a racist. Was the college wrong? Well, if they were, I feel like my criticism could say, this is why I think they made the right decision. 
but it was open to alternative perspectives. I don't know. I try to think about that stuff. And I think that has prevented me from getting pigeonholed into just lefty, liberal, whatever you want to, whatever crowd I may fit in. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I don't think that's really something anyone can control. And I will tell you, having done this for a while, I've had the chance to meet a lot of the people in my particular subculture who I've seen get labeled with everything here and there. And in person, most of these people are pretty decent. Like they're fine to talk to. I enjoy spending time with them. I enjoy talking with them. Most of them, not all of them. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like when it's off the internet and you get to know them in person, like it's a totally different world. So I try to keep that in mind too. Like it's so easy to just label and shun people online and people play characters sometimes online, it seems. Twitter is not real life. But even you know, this cancel culture, like you mentioned this girl, I don't I don't know that story yeah. specifically, but I'm just thinking is is not allowing her to attend that college. Is that the best thing? If she is indeed racist, since you did say a racist thing, would not allowing her to go to college and maybe have a more diverse... That's like, exactly what the alternative option you know I mean? was. Like a legit alternative is, yeah. well, if you think she's racist, let her go to college because now she's outside of her bubble. She's yeah. meeting other students. I get that that is a... That's a reasonable alternative. Here's why I think that if you tell her no, stay home, stay in your in the same bubble that you've been raised in with the yeah. same parents and the same friends, that's not likely to to have any impact on her. And you know, I see this with, that's with right. everything nowadays. It's, they're so quick. You know, um, I, I I I know nothing about football, but I saw some football guy that's oh yeah, Drew Brees. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, it it doesn't matter if I agree. I personally don't agree but it doesn't matter if that's your opinion right he didn't say anything super controversial right he, he doesn't agree with with burning of the flag or, or something to that effect right but what uh, so i'll answer both of your things one is the drew Brees comment where he said like i don't like the disrespecting of the flag or something like that it's yeah. like what that showed me is he has no idea what his black teammates and other players in the NFL, he has no idea what they were protesting because that wasn't it. No, and no, so, so in his case, to his, to his opinion, like the, the only reason he, he, he went back on his opinion because he got this massive, probably, you know. Yeah. Uh, but also when you have a large platform like that, like yeah. good, I'm glad he got dragged for it. And I'm glad that people pointed out like, when you have a platform that large, you don't get to have the luxury of saying something really ignorant. Because he didn't say, I understand the issue and here's why they're wrong. He said, oh, I don't like it when everyone does this. Well, that's not what they're doing. So he said something stupid and ignorant. And it turned out to be the, the opinion that's on the side of racists. Like, <laughs> So if you want to be a racist, own it. And he didn't want to do that. And it turns out he was stupid. But for the girl, here's the perspective I took on her. Like, so I do get the argument that let her go to college, let her be in a diverse community. My argument is she can. No one's stopping her from going to college. What happened is this particular school says, look, having you on campus, I, I, I'm extrapolating here because they didn't say this in their official statement, of course. Yeah. But having you here openly racist, because we know you are, because you've posted this in public spaces, that makes it a worse environment for all the other students, because now they have to deal with a racist on campus. That's not fair to them. 
So that's one. Another is we gave you a scholarship. We don't have to give you a scholarship. She doesn't have a right to a scholarship. So like, fine, she doesn't have to have, she can go to community college. She can go to a local state school or something. Like she doesn't have to be rewarded for being wrong and racist. And so I don't, now, I hope she learns. I hope she goes to a different school and she is exposed to those other opinions. But for one school to say, you I hope you change your views. You just don't get to do it here on our dime. I think that's a fair thing to say. And you know what? Good. Now she learned her lesson. If it's the hard lesson, but also if you're going to say something stupid in a public platform, good. Learn to deal with the consequences. I think I wrote this too, but like you, you have freedom of speech. No one's stopping you from saying that stuff. You don't have a freedom from consequences of saying stupid shit. And and I think, like, again, there are people, Drew Brees it being an example of this, he said something that he thought was sensible. And I, I will grant, I don't think he meant anything bad by it. He thought he was saying something uncontroversial. It turned out it was, and he didn't realize it. So, and, uh, and good, drag him for it. Make him figure this out because he's a public figure. He should know better. Like, he can pay someone he has enough money to pay someone where he can run his ideas by them before posting it to millions of people jimmy fallon just got in trouble for this what is that is he a popular player he is a super popular rich player like so he has a huge platform it's uh lebron james he's not the same caliber but it's like lebron james has such a huge fan base that if he's gonna say something you can bet he he knows what he's talking about before he says it. So at least if he gets criticized, they're criticizing for something he actually believes and says, which is what you want. I think Sam Harris has said that too. Like, I don't mind criticism, but I hope you're criticizing me for views I actually hold yeah, and not views you think I hold, which I don't. And that's, that's what happened to Breeze. He's like, no, no, I'm not racist. I'm not trying to be racist. Okay, well, what you said was racist and it totally missed uh, it totally missed the point of what your teammates are protesting. And they said that. And it sounds like uh, friends of his, teammates of his, like privately informed him of why he's wrong. It wasn't just public shaming. Yeah. But anyway, I think the, the point is, look, if you have a public platform, and I say this to like YouTubers too, um, it doesn't matter if you have like, whatever, a hundred subscribers or hundreds of thousands or something. You have a platform. It's on video. If you're going to say something and it's not, and you, I, I think I've said this to someone who comes across his whole shtick on YouTube is I'm the reasonable one, you know, I'm the rational dude here. And then if you say something stupid, then good, you should be condemned. You should be criticized for that because don't pass yourself off as knowing what you're talking about and then not do the homework. Yeah, well, we're in a battle of ideas right now and ideologies. Yeah. And it's a, uh, you know, I do hope that the best idea floats to the top yeah. and, and stays up there. But unfortunately, there's a, a drowning of the masses. And I don't think a lot of times they do let the best ideas float to the top. And I do think there's a... Uh, there's an art to communicating unpopular ideas. And I, I think one thing I've seen is there are some people who think that the best way to communicate is if they speak loudly and confidently 
then they are automatically right about everything and they will not accept any criticism for those views. And that's a bad place to be. I know that when I'm making YouTube videos, just speaking for myself, um, like I do try to do my homework when I'm saying stuff, but also I'm also not going to try to come across as like, I am your final source of information for any of this. It's very much a, here's where I'm coming from. Uh, but hey, you might disagree with me. There you go. But uh, that works for me too. Do you get any any hate or any even threats uh, on, on a YouTube channel? Uh, I don't know on YouTube. I, because I spend more time on my website, the answer is yes. I, have, I definitely get criticism, some of which is valid, and I try to learn from that, most of which I would argue is not. Um, I've gotten some threats here and there, but mostly, no, I don't think my style is so much where it's like, listen, if you disagree with me, you're an idiot. That's not me. That's not how I think about any of this stuff. So I, I think I avoid crazies coming to my channel so much. Like the sort of people who want to pick a fight, that's not my audience usually. So well, I you're think... You're a friendly atheist. You're not yeah. combative. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've said this before. I don't think there's a nice way to tell religious people that they've spent their life living for a lie. I don't think there's a nice way to say that, even though that's basically what I believe in terms of religion. Uh, the friendly is more like, well, I know a lot of atheists and they're decent people. And I hate it when everyone just says atheist, they're angry, they're militant, all that stuff. Um, but again, I, I, I don't think there is a nice way to be an atheist because you're saying something that is by definition really unpopular. But what I try to do is to say, look, here's where I'm coming from. And, and also, if you don't agree with me, because this is the bulk of what I focus on, if you think, if you are religious, I want you to like my content. I want you to agree with the stuff I'm saying. And a lot of the stuff that I end up talking about are things I think a lot of religious people could get on board with. Like one example, recent video I made was uh, why it's sensible to say during the pandemic, uh, we're going to limit how many people can be in churches or gyms or restaurants. But if you got to go to a grocery store, those caps don't apply. And a lot of churches I saw were complaining about that. I made a video explaining why those things are different and why the cap makes sense at a church. And I think putting out that video, it's like, I hope religious people watch that. And I hope they agree with me because I'm not saying anything about, a, it's not a value judgment on their faith. It's about this, I think, is a reasonable argument. Do you think? You know, I've often been um, frustrated, but do you think that this conversation is even worth having? I mean, I've had a lot of debates with friends, non-friends, uh, and faith is something that facts don't really matter to. Right. I, mean, that is, right. I, I, I remember maybe maybe la maybe two years ago, I had a conversation uh, with a Hasid, mm -hmm. and uh, I was basically we were talking for a good 40 to 45 minutes. I was giving him all the facts, right? Yeah. I was telling him things that it's just impossible to refute. And after a good 45 minutes, he basically told me, look, all your facts, all this knowledge that you have, it doesn't really matter. If the rabbi is going to tell me that the, the, the grass is blue and the sky is green, right. that's my truth. And at that right. point, you know, that was kind of like a light bulb moment for me because I, I, I spent it's not like something I enjoy debating, but you know, once right. I will get into it. And that was the light bulb moment. Where I was just like, okay, the, the, there's no, it just, it's, 
there's no reason. It's futile. That's why am I spending my time if there's just nothing I can say to change this man's mind? Yeah, the weird thing is, even though I am arguably a professional atheist in some sense of the word, I don't do those conversations. I don't have those debates. If someone asks me to do a debate about like God's existence, I say no. Um, and by and large, even with friends, even with strangers, I don't get into that conversation precisely for that reason, um, because I don't think most of them actually care what I have to say. And so why am I wasting my time? I always think of my website, my YouTube channel, whatever. I really do think of it as a one-way source of information. If, you, if you're looking for it, it's I'm here for you. If you're interested in hearing what an atheist has to say about topic XYZ, here it is. Um, I don't shy away from saying this is what I believe. This is what I think as an atheist, whatever. Um, and I hope it helps people out there, but I am not actively seeking to have a conversation. And if someone tries to get into it, and I do get those messages all the time, like who want to debate me and fight me, I don't. I don't respond to those unless I feel like there's a good faith question they are asking. Uh, I just don't get into it because I don't care. I don't care if anyone else is wrong. Because I think, I, I've said this already, I think everyone else is wrong about everything. Um, so what I try to do is say, look, this is where I'm at. This is why I think my views on whatever topics are reasonable. And maybe, maybe for someone who follows me and reads my stuff or watches my stuff over the course of a while, I hope that in the course of time, you will be able to see things the same way I do. And then great. Like, I don't need a pat on the back for that. I just hope that happens. Um, I think that is actually a more effective way. That I feel like that's how I learned too. Like, no one said, no one like argued me into atheism. They just said, look, here's my opinion on how I think about religion. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, I think that does make sense. And then the more I read about different aspects of it, I'm like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Oh, that's an interesting argument. Oh, that one didn't even cross my mind. And over the course of time, I just became more convinced it was right to the point where it's like, I feel like there's nothing you could throw at me now that would get me to change my mind, not because I'm dogmatic, but because I feel like I've heard everything. Um, and so I really do treat all this stuff as like a one-way source of information. I'm giving it to you. And honestly, I don't, I don't read the comments. I don't care what you have to say about it. Um, that's a lie. I may read some of the comments on YouTube because I'm kind of curious because it's you're, you're only human. You're only human. I yeah, I, I mostly read them if I'm curious how a video was taken. Like, for example, I have a video that I have not published yet, but I'm going to soon. That is uh, uh, strictly like an atheism 101. This is why I'm an atheist sort of thing. I'm genuinely curious what people are going to say, because I'm curious if religious people see it and they have a problem with the things I said. And I'm kind of wondering, OK, did I address it? Because I think I addressed their crit criticisms ahead of time, but maybe I didn't. So sometimes I look, but um, I, I'm not pick, I'm not looking for debates. Yeah, well, the reason I, I'm the same, I don't like getting into it. Yeah. Well, now I don't like getting into it. I used to kind of like to get into it. <laughs> Because I thought I was so smart and I knew everything. But the yeah. reason I would usually get into it is because Judaism, um, w when there's the difference between the seculars and the and, and, and um, Orthodox and all and that, Orthodox, the Hasids, yeah, yeah, they are very it, it's a very verbally uh, aggressive type of situation. Oh, yeah. Wherever a Hasid will see a secular Jew, 
especially you know I, originally i'm from israel so especially mm-hmm. that they will try to get you to switch over to their side right right and right start asking questions then they'll start hey come do this mitzvah come do this thing <laughs> and see this that, is why it helps to just live in a bubble where you don't go you don't leave your house <laughs> yeah yeah, God bless Korea. <laughs> right. so, so yeah, so that's the reason I would usually get into it. It's not like something I would seek, not something I right. would do, but it's also not something I would shy away from. Right. I, I will admit, I do shy away from it, mostly because it depends on who's doing the asking. I taught at a high school for a long time, so occasionally students who knew what I did outside of school would want to talk about it and argue and i would basically just shut them down like i'm not here to do that with you yeah um so that was the end of it or uh i used to go out a lot more than i do now not just because of the virus just because i i work from home and stuff like that um but there are a few people who would want to have that debate uh because they're very passionate about those christian apologetics and things like that they want to argue religion and i genuinely i i care so much more now about what you're doing with it not so much why you believe it. And so uh, I I definitely purposely avoid those things. I, I do know some atheists who do the debates. They're very good at it. I just don't care. Yeah, there's... Um... I, f- I feel like I'd rather argue about politics than religion, even though religion is kind of my my thing. Politics is religion. It's, it's Yeah, politics. and it's the, it's the out, outgrowth of it right now. So I feel like I have so much more in common with progressive religious people, the leaders who are fighting against Trump, but because they are inspired by their Jewish faith or their Christian faith or their Muslim faith, like more power to you. Let me join you. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at the mega, you know, Trump following. Yeah. It's a, I don't know if I would necessarily say religion. It's very cult-like. He's this religious figure to them that yeah. can do no wrong. He walks on water, even though he's the absolute antithesis of what they supposedly believe in i mean yeah the weird the weird thing about that is he definitely brings in a core of like white evangelicals that he's actively courted um and there are those white evangelicals who say these are our values and yet they support him and they'll rationalize all the ways he's not living up to their values but the weird thing is when you talk about like the alt-right a lot of them are a-religious. It's not that they're atheists per se. It's that they don't think about it, talk about it as much. But the weird thing is, even those people, the alt-right crowd, will argue like, we are the reasonable ones. We're the critical thinkers. We're the rational ones. And yet everything Trump does is irrational and non-reason-based. And they love him too. So it is very much a cult-like following for so many people. Like, I... There's a very, very tiny group of people who actually actively defends all the crazy stuff he does. But what's weird to me is all the people who will go along with it or rationalize it or find excuses for it when it seems like he violates all the things you claim to take seriously. So what do you think is the difference between a cult and a religion? I mean, I can give you a joke answer to that. (laughs) <laughs> the joke, I mean, the, the joke answer is what? Like a cult is a religion where the leader st- is still alive yeah, or yeah. something like that. Um, but honestly, I think it's just a power thing. Like they like that Trump is basically an online troll who's in the White House. And that's the persona they like. They like a guy who angers 
all the people they love to anger in real life. So like white evangelicals, their cultural opponents are progressives, liberals, LGBTQ people who angers them. Trump loves angering them and pushing all their buttons. Um, all the alt-right people, they love it that Trump just makes liberals really angry. And I think that's what they're drawn to. They don't care about his policies. They don't care who he hurts. They like that he upsets the same people they like to upset. And they're drawn to him. So like, part of me is like, well, here's why I support liberal politicians because of this policy and that one. And like Joe Biden will say something stupid. It's like, yeah, he, he said something stupid. That was dumb. But here are the policies and people that I support. And they're just like, yeah, well, he makes Trump makes you mad. Then I like Trump. It's like, I can't even argue with that because you're not giving me anything to argue with. Yeah, no, it's, it's tribalism at its worst. Yes, um, yes. It's, That's a good way to describe it. I like this guy because he ticks all the boxes. Forget that he doesn't, right? He doesn't really know anything about the Bible. He's never opened right. it life, but he he knows who he, he caters to the right people and he knows yeah. who his following is. And I think it's 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 kind of similar, you know, I'm 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 I I lean very liberal, but there's definitely things on the left where I don't agree with as well. Yeah. And I do think that maybe two parties is not enough to represent 300 plus. No, I think uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said this about Joe Biden. And I, I thought it was a really smart thing to say, which is in a different country, someone like her and someone like Joe Biden would never be in yeah. the same party, which yeah. is totally true. Um, but and th I think she was being attacked. Like, why are you supporting him when policy wise, they really are at odds on a lot of different issues. And she's like, I'm paraphrasing or something like she just said, look, I want I want to achieve my goals. And he is closer than I would get with anyone else. And right now, if you only have two parties, that's where you go. Um, but you're right in the US, two parties isn't enough. But that's what it is right now until a third party gets its act together. So until that time, I feel like the smart thing to do is to say, fine, I want to see Joe Biden in office, not because I love him, but because there are it is easier for me to achieve the goals I want with someone like him in office who I can pressure and hold his feet to the fire. And by we, by me, like any progressive group, like pressure the hell out of him, get him in your direction. That is plausible with him in the white house it's never gonna happen with trump so like talda i voted for bernie sanders in two different primaries now yeah uh, over the course of two presidential elections he lost okay so how do i get closer to the goals that i want it's you elect the democrat and then you fight for progressive to move more to the left from there that's a strategic thing to do. And by all means, if you can get a third party going and you can get candidates elected who are even more to the left, I will gladly support those people too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it just, it, it doesn't make sense it, to, to me, two parties that there's just no way that you can split. And the current country is split. The country is very divided yeah. right now. And I just feel like more options would benefit would benefit the greater good because right now what they're offering like the the, yeah. the look institutional uh doesn't matter if, if it's government if it's if it's news uh, the media all that there's just right now there's zero trust in all those institutions 
Yeah, you're totally you're totally right. One thing I would love to see is I really, really hate it when like third parties only ever show up for like a presidential election. Like they they don't have any candidates for anything else, maybe a couple. But like they always have a presidential candidate because that's when they get attention. And that doesn't help. It doesn't help their own goals. It doesn't help. uh, It doesn't help the system change in the way they want it to change. I feel like if you had a whatever Green Party libertarian candidate who was fighting to get elected to city council or state office, then you could actually build something. But when you only have like a Green Party candidate who shows up for the presidential race, not only do you not achieve what you want, you block the people who could help you achieve it. it it's stupid. It's unstrategic. And like, I really, really have a problem with the uh, like the Bernie crowd, again, I am one of them. But with the Bernie crowd, that's like, well, he lost and I will never vote for Joe Biden. It's like, I don't get why four more years of Trump is to your liking, but that's what you're you're apparently wanting to see because the one thing you could do to stop that you're unwilling to do. It seems very selfish and short-sighted. Yeah, no. Like I, it's I, not about you and it's not about Joe Biden. There's a gazillion other positions and people he gets to a point think about that yeah there's um there's a, a bumper sticker i saw which represents it very well which which, which sums it up it's anybody but trump 2020 yeah, yeah. i'll like i'll vote for the meteor for vice president i don't care yeah like, i'll just for put a four-year-old it doesn't matter you know yeah. anybody just to get him out of office that that would be the the goal but i do see this i i see a lot of people saying like oh they can't wait till till november right as if him out of office is a given as if it's a second term and and it's not i i think a lot of people and look i like i said i i do not want him in office i wish he would leave tomorrow yeah but uh there i think you know people will vote for him i do think oh, his, yeah i don't think it's a given that uh no biden's gonna win no people have to fight their ass off to and make I think that happen don't understand that i think there, i see this over and over i see people like oh i can't wait as if it's it's oh, it's not a conclusion that he's already going to lose and we're going to get someone else in, in the White House. I feel like I realize like I'm old in Internet years, but I'm like in my late 30s. But I was politically cognizant in 2004 uh, when I thought George W. Bush, he's led us into a bad war. He's a horrible, ignorant president. He opposes all my values, too. I could have this is a rehash of that one because it's like, how could anyone still vote for George W. Bush at this point? I really did think it was a foregone conclusion he would lose. And the fact that Kerry lost, and it wasn't even by a little bit, um, it was like, it was devastating at the time. It was devastating with the groups I worked with too that were hoping for change after four years. Um, but uh, people seem more politically savvy now. Uh, it's more in your face now, but it's not a foregone conclusion. Uh, and again, four more years of this shit, like it's, that's not good for the things I value, the things I cherish. Uh, it's not good for the institutions that a lot of the progressive groups, even the, the third party, the, the ones complaining and whining about everything. If you want like environmental change, then you need a sensible person running the EPA. We don't have that right now. How do you think you're going to get that? You know, just stuff like that. I don't get the selfishness of people who say, I don't love Joe Biden, therefore the whole world can burn. 
Like, God, how many people do you have to throw under the bus because you don't get your way? Everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't there, care. There's a. I feel like the the left is is eating itself. What I mean by that is that there's the the political correctness. I I think is what the right always looks at at the left and say, oh, these these people are crazy, right? And there is this thing where these cultural sensitivities that we allow, right? So if it's uh, FGM or keeping a woman in a, in a burqa in summertime mm-hmm. or uh, other practices, like you can't talk about the prophet, all these different things where on the left, they're like, no, no, no. You're like, you have to respect it. You yeah, can't- but by and large, I don't buy that. And I've heard that in like atheist circles a lot. It's like, first of all, in the US, that stuff isn't happening except for a few communities like Somali communities. And I think Minnesota or something, there was a lot of FGM going on. Um, but also no one, no liberal I talked to was like, no, we got to let them do it. I really, it well, seems specifically FGM, but a lot of the other less horrific. Sure. The wearing the burqa thing, but that's not a thing that happens in the U S but also I honestly don't as someone who spends a lot of time online in like very progressive circles, I don't see a lot of left leaning people saying, nope, you just got to let them do it because it's like it's whatever culturally okay. It's not. I I feel like a lot of those arguments from the right or the alt-right that are like, oh, it's cancel culture or it's feminism or whatever. If you ask those people, what is it that the left thinks about feminism or what do you think a trigger warning is or whatever issue that the right complains about i feel like they could not give you a fair description of how a lot of liberals feel about it they they exaggerate it they will take things out of context they won't give you the full context uh, one example of this i saw from like my own community uh there were like professors making fun of uh scientific papers that were they were like look this is I forgot the wording they used, feminism or social sciences run amok, something like that. And I remember listening to one podcast from a guy I respect a lot, but he actually went through the papers they were condemning. And they were like, okay, if you look at the headline, it's easy to make fun of it. Here's what that paper was actually doing and arguing. Um, And when I heard that, it's like, oh, like there is value to what that person was studying. It wasn't some frivolous thing like the headline or the the way they twisted it made it sound. And I feel like it's just this disingenuous, if I just say it, you don't have to hear from the other side. I'm just going to represent what the other side says and thinks. And you can get a lot of really dumb people agreeing with you when you put it that way. <clears throat> and I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed this a lot. Like whenever I see comedians who are liberal, progressive, making fun of the right, they very much, like, if you think Daily Show, if you think uh, Seth Meyers, someone like that, Colbert, they will play the clips uh, of what the other people are saying before they make fun of it. Or they'll put the transcript up. Or they will use the right's own words and phrases and let that kind of speak for itself. Whereas I feel like whenever it's a right-wing commentator commenting on what liberals do, they don't let them speak for themselves or they take a little piece out of context and do this. Like, look, this person's screaming about something, but they don't step back and say, this is what they're actually trying to say. There's never a good faith interpretation of what that stuff is. Um, I think that is worth pointing out. Like 
there's a website I use a lot, Right Wing Watch. All they do is say, this is what someone on the right said. Here's the video. Here's the transcript. And that's it. Then they walk away. They don't take positions. They're just saying we're documenting it. Yeah. And there is no version of that. Like if you're watching Sean Hannity, they're never going to say, here's what Joe Biden said in full context. And here it is. No, they'll play the one clip because he'll say stupid stuff um, and then twist it and say, here, he's he's the real racist. And you're like, it's stupid, bad faith arguments from the right all yeah. the time. Yeah, no, Sean. I mean, Fox News is. I mean, but it's also applying to like Ben Shapiro. It's applying to all those YouTube right wingers who just it's always the same thing. Like their idea of being funny is let me call a liberal woman a slut. Haha, I said it with confidence. That's funny. You know what I mean? I feel like I see that way too much. Yeah, but I do think there's a difference. Like there's alt-right, there's something completely like, uh, just take that out of the picture because those Mm -hmm. are, that's, I'm just talking about people who are either center or right, right? Like if you take um, Sam Harris, right? He was on on Bill Maher and that famous segment that he had with uh, Ben Affleck. And he was literally just, putting out facts right i don't remember like the 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 specifics of the conversation was a few yeah years it's been back. a while but he was just giving him the facts and he was just basically ben was just calling him a racist like there's just no need and the fact that he just couldn't have a, a honest to god conversation or, or a good faith conversation right and I, I think i posted that at the time and i think i remember siding with uh bill maher and sam harris at the time but part of it also, like, look, Ben Affleck doesn't spend any time thinking about this stuff ever. He's not, a, he's not a scholar. Of course, he's not a scholar, but he's also not some armchair guy who reads about religion at all. So, like, who cares what Ben Affleck said? And these two guys who... Well, like and, you said, he has a huge following, though, right? He's a public figure. If he has sure. X amount of million followers and he's saying, oh, this guy's a racist, and then all those people go to Sam Harris, and now they're not buying his books, and now they're calling him a racist. That the one a, thing I would push back is it was live TV and someone saying this right in front of you. Like, what do you want people to do? I, I kind of see why he would speak up because he thinks he's hearing something racist. That's different than like actively putting it out there with with apropos of nothing. Yeah. Um, But also, I, I mean, this is what I hear from plenty of progressives muslims included which is when you just look at one type of islam uh when you look at one version of islam and say this is what true islam is which is something bill maher does all the time sam harris used to do it i haven't heard him in a long time i don't know if he still does it but i i know bill maher does it where it's like well this is islam and the progressives are somehow not true muslims or they act like it um Again, if if Bill Maher is right about his interpretation, you would think a lot of Muslims would be like, yes, that's the right interpretation of our faith. It's not. It's not like the Islam that those guys talk about isn't the same religion that a lot of Muslims I know practice. So where is the disconnect and how come those guys never seem to be aware of it? That bothers me. And also, uh, again, in the U.S., Muslims are not my problem here. They are not the big problem in the U.S. Politically speaking, there's there's no one trying to institute Sharia law. The Muslims who are in Congress are very liberal relative to to most of the politicians and like uh, who Ilan Omar, Keith Ellison. They have been pretty progressive Democrats 
So, like, I don't care if they're Muslim. It doesn't matter. They're pretty progressive, so good. Um, yeah, you should never judge people based on who they are. It's only ideas. It's no, only- but I'm, I'm, the, the point I wanted to make there is, like, I think Omar, for example, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who are both progressive Democrats, get a ton of criticism from the right, partly because they're Muslim uh, and outspoken uh, women, too. But also, like, who's but they're look what they're fighting for. They're fighting for stuff that is awesome, whereas conservative Christians are the ones doing all the crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, so where sh- I mean, me personally, where should I focus my attention? I don't care that they're wrong about God, that, you know, we disagree about it. I think they're wrong. Who cares? They're fighting for the right things. So good. Keep going. Um, that's why I try to focus on the conservative Christians. It's not that I'm ignoring Islam. It's that they're not posing a threat to my way of life. They're not getting in the way of, you know, constitutional rights. No one's advocating for that. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's. Let's go and talk about something less provocative. <laughs> yes. Religion, religion. <laughs> so there's a notion that that God or religion is some sort of a, a moral compass, right? And without yeah. that, we, i.e. atheists, we're, we're either soulless or we have no morals. And I, you know, I personally almost see it as the opposite. I mean, if, if God is your only moral compass to what is good or bad, and without God, you just be raping and pillaging right. the city. I mean, what what does that say about you? You know, what kind right. of person are you if if this invisible man in the sky is the only thing between you and murdering a thousand people? This is actually that video that hasn't come out yet. That oh yeah, I address this exact point. And one of the things I say in it is, um, and I think one atheist made this point in a debate once, where it's like, you're saying that because I don't have God. I would be raping, looting, pillaging, whatever it is. Well, guess what? As someone who's an atheist, I am raping all the people I want to rape. I am stealing all the things I want to steal because I don't want to do that. I'm raping zero people. That's how many people I want to rape. I'm stealing never because I don't want to steal. The fact that you need God to stop you from doing it, if you need God to stop you from doing bad things, it means you're a bad person. Like that's, it's that simple. And again, I I think most people would ultimately agree with that, that, okay, if I started questioning God, I'm not going to start doing horrible things. Okay, fine. So then what is it that's stopping you from doing those things? Maybe it's more than just a belief. Yeah. And I, I, I think that morality to take morality from the Bible is a very weird thing, right? There's a lot of gruesome laws and <laughs> in the Bible, yes. like gods and, and men of, of murder, rape, uh, child rape, uh, decapitation, slavery, everything under the sky, right? That's ever been done. And why, why is that book some sort of an ethical or moral guideline that we should use in this day and age? Right, right. Again, it's such a big book and it's such a vague book. I mean, that's what any good holy text needs to be. (laughs) And so you can twist it to say whatever it is you want it to say. And unfortunately, bad people have used it for bad purposes. You could say that with any religious book you want. Um, That's why, again, uh, the problem there is not just with the Bible. It's the problem with having holy books. Like when you say this book is perfect or it's unquestionable you you have to believe it uh 
what they say is you have to believe what I say about it. And of course, that depends on who's talking. There's actually a real, there's one thing I've really enjoyed seeing in these horrible, the, the protests we've seen this week, because that's horrible. But one silver lining anyway, is that I've seen a lot of awesome progressive religious voices. So for example, when Trump did that photo op in, in front of a church recently, yeah, yeah. held up a Bible, right? The people who were speaking out about it were not just bishops of that very church, but other religious leaders who were basically condemning the whole photo op saying, don't use my Bible for that. Don't stand in front of that church that disagrees with you on all that policy stuff. It is nice to see a lot of very vocal and angry and smart religious leaders pushing back against that, because otherwise all we'd ever hear are the Trump-loving pastors. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of like hearing the, those progressive religious leaders speaking out saying, look, this is my Bible. It's not owned by the Christian right. I have a perspective, too. I have a big following, too. And at that point, it's like, eh, you know what? You're not the problem, even though you're wrong about the religion thing. Yeah. You know, I, I do see people taking uh, the Bible or the Torah, uh, yeah. whatever book, religious book or, or scripture that you want to take. They take it. I think that it's kind of split. It'll have people who take it as some sort of a, a story or a moral understanding. And, and you yeah, know, a book and of fables. People, yeah. And then those people who take it literally, right? Like, right. Like Noah's Ark, it's obvious <laughs> that that story is made up. It's it's a fable. It's supposed to maybe give you some sort of an understanding about something. But to think that that is a physical thing that happened, I mean... This is one of the things I've had fun doing on YouTube, where I'm literally going through the book of Genesis word for word. Yeah. And it's it's me just dicking around. I'm just making jokes left and right. But the whole point is, most people have... All the people who say the Bible should be is literally true. Most of the people who say they've read the Bible, no, they haven't. And so let's actually go through it, at least through the first book, and go through chapter by chapter and talk about here's what it says. Let's talk about it. Let's here's another verse. Let's talk about it. And when you get to Noah's Ark, when you get to the genealogies, when you get to all this stuff, it's like, oh, oh, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a funny thing, you know. I I always think of this. Uh, I've never seen this anywhere. It's just it may be completely. It might not make sense, but when I tell a story to someone, and that person goes and then and then then tell they tell that story to someone, and on and on. By the third or fourth person, right? That story is pretty much a completely different story. It's diluted, yeah, we, right? We, and then said this in like I've say, heard this in atheist circles too. What is religion? It's a a millennia long game of telephone yeah and it, it always just changes the message changes over time yeah and if you think about it like if, if the, the earth is six thousand years right yeah according to, to the bible and we invented some basic rudimentary rudimentary writing about three thousand years ago that's about a three thousand year gap where they were just telling stories on to the next and the next generation. And these people didn't know science. They're not scholars. They didn't know math, fit, right. anything. And you expect me to take that as verbatim? There is um, two things about that. One is there's a lot of Republicans in office right now that keep saying, like, our founding fathers were also Christian. So we're a Christian nation. It's like, well, that's not true. But also, yes, some of them were Christian 
but the religion that they practiced in the 1700s has nothing to do with the evangelical Christianity you are practicing today. So don't pretend you are the same as they are. Um, there's a podcast. I don't know if you've heard this. It's it's a famous one. It's been around forever, but it's the History of English podcast. But this guy just kind of goes through the way uh, the English language changed from a thousand years ago to now. And he actually, I, in one of the first episodes, he kind of speaks in the way they would have spoken a thousand years ago. And of course, it's unintelligible to us. You you might hear a little bit of you know a word that might sound familiar, but by and large, no, the language shifts and changes, and the way we talk obviously changes. And he that's what that podcast is about. But the whole point is, yeah, religion changes over time. We adapt once, yeah, once science comes into the mix, you have to adapt. Um, and some groups are very good at doing that. Some are hilariously sticking to the old school interpretations of everything always. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. I I uh that's something I've always wondered. I just I never I never got it. Um <laughs> It's a weird one. So this is a question I, I, you know, I've had. If God is omniscient and omnipotent, why do we actually need to tell him our thoughts <laughs> and confess what we've done and what we want? Why, why pray if God already has our life mapped out? Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a good question. You ask it to the religious people who want you to pray. Like I've heard the rationalizations, which is like you're not praying to make God change his mind. You're praying to get yourself into the right mindset. It's like, well, that's that's not the way I had prayer explained to me growing up. Like, I've seen kids pray before they take a test. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're not going to get smarter because you're talking to God right now. But maybe meditation, if you're just trying to clear your mind, that's different. That may help you get in a better place before making a decision. Uh, but that's a far cry from saying, God, I need your help. Do something for me. There's um people like to attach God to to anything really, to sports teams, to oh, yeah. Yeah. politicians. To There's a lot of really good comedy party. sketches from people who are like, Why did you lose today's game? Well, God must have wanted me to lose. <laughs> yeah. Like you never hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't want to make fun. Of, of people's beliefs uh i do think that there is something i don't know if, if it's a tough one i don't know if necessarily there's something good or or necessary about religion but i do understand the community aspect of it that oh, there's, yeah there's something someone is there he's listening to me he's taking care of me he's watching me i know that you know that I think that belief really helps carry people, even though it's it's completely in your head, right? But right. I think that... I mean, this is something I've said to other atheists too, which is if you think pointing out biblical contradictions or you think that debating them and having a set of logical arguments, you're not going to win... You're not going to stop people from going to church or leaving God because for, I think, I don't know the percentage, but I think for a lot of religious people who might have serious doubts about God, it's not about logic. It's not about trying to convince them they're right or wrong. It's that church itself provides them with stuff that they like. They like the community. They like the traditions. They like having the rites of passage and the weekly thing to do. And they do think Sunday school provides their kids something beneficial. Like, 
unless you can give them alternatives for that stuff that is not religious, they're not going to be inclined to leave. Um, and so it would be, and this is an argument with some of those uh, new atheist books, which is like religion is a poison or the God is a delusion. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. You're making it sound like people believe in God because they logicked themselves into it. No, they didn't. They're in there for other reasons. So I've seen some attempts by atheists to create like an atheist church or to offer some stuff. And like, it's always kind of cheap knockoffs of the real thing. It's really hard to do well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like the, those communities are, of course, powerful and, and could be really good. Yeah. And um, I, I guess like that would lead to, to when you create videos, yeah. do you prefer that through your videos people just blindly listen to them and turn to atheists? Or would you prefer that people listen to the videos and start to really criti critically think and analyze for themselves and, and come up with their own conclusions? Yeah, no, it's the latter for sure. Like, I don't win anything if they become an atheist. I don't, I don't care if they become an atheist. I mean, granted, some videos are like, here's why God doesn't exist. And like, all right, I hope you agree with me. But I, I've heard from plenty. I, I think the emails that I kind of value the most come from people who say, I am religious. I agree with what you said on that particular issue. It's like, cool, awesome. I'm glad you saw things the way I'm seeing them. Because, I mean, I want more religious people speaking out against the, the extremists, the, the political Christians, things like that. Um, I want their voices. Those voices matter more than mine. So, yeah, I mean, I put it out there, but I usually, I, I don't know what the reaction is. I mean, I guess if people are watching, that's a good sign. But uh, for the most part, I just hope you, I hope I didn't say something stupid because I'm not trying to. And I hope I said something sensible, but more than anything, I want you to just think the way I'm thinking. It doesn't have to be the same answers, uh, but it's more like, yeah, how did you get to this place? What is the logic behind it? I hope you're asking yourself that when you come across some issue, because that matters. I think that should be the title of your next book. I'm right <laughs> and I'm right and everyone's wrong. That That is the title of every book ever. <laughs> they just... Use paraphrases yeah. for it. <laughs> Just paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, so how, let's say, how do you feel about um, spirituality? Not religion, but spirituality. Again, do I think it's right? No. Do I care? No. Because those people are not using their spirituality to, to hurt gay people. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who believe in horoscopes. They're idiots. But they're not, but they're not hurting people. Um, and unless you're like, paying a ton of money to psychics like whatever you're wrong about it it's silly i will mock you in my head but by and large i'm not gonna like waste my time over it because those people are not the ones putting that belief into law they're not saying we should all run our lives by horoscopes if, if it makes them feel better whatever i don't it's the same with people who do like drugs or marijuana or something like i don't do it do I care if you do it? No, just as long as it's you and you're not hurting anybody, do what you want. I don't care. I uh, feel the same way about spirituality and psychics. Like you want to meditate because it makes you feel better? Have at it. Doesn't hurt me. It doesn't work for me. But if it, I mean, that's different from like believing in something uh, spiritual that doesn't exist. But again, for the most part, those people who are spiritual, they don't bother anyone else. 
annoying maybe, but they don't, they're not pushing it on other people so much. So I don't waste a lot of time trying to, to, you know, call them names or anything. Yeah. Well, shouldn't call anyone. Well, yeah. I mean, no, I disagree. It's fair. If it's people who are hurting other people with their beliefs, yeah. then it's not just calling names, but it's calling them out. Um, I will not waste my time calling out just people who are doing horoscopes unless they're saying, I don't know, Trump is right because, I don't know, the son of whatever planet is doing something. This moon is aligned with this. Therefore, black lives don't matter. It's like, no, okay, now we can call you out because now you're being stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, or there's people like uh, Kenneth Copeland or Jesse uh, Duplantis. Duplantis. Yeah, the televangelists who are basically stealing money from old people by using the language of religion. Sure, I I quote them. I call them out on it. I've and they don't them. pay taxes. They, and don't, they don't pay taxes because they run a nonprofit religious charity. Right. Um, that stuff is fair game. I feel because now you are hurting people. Uh, I I. I I don't actually spend a lot of time talking about Joel Osteen, who is also a rich televangelist. But by and large, he doesn't have the same give me money so I can benefit myself. I mean, he's rich because he's written books and those books sold a lot of money. But that's a very different cry from I need to buy a private jet. So give can me tell, tens of Can million. you tell people about that specific story with the jet? It's Yeah, it's, Kenneth it's Copeland. Sad and it's hilarious. Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis are two televangelists who have private jets for reasons that never make sense. Because it's like you could easily fly coach if you're doing a crusade in another country or something. You don't need a private jet. But also, they, yeah, these are like multi, multi-million dollar planes. Uh, in one case, it might have been Jesse Duplantis. It's like, I have the money now for a private plane, but I need it upgraded and I need you to help me upgrade it. It's like, at some point, this has nothing to do with Jesus. Or Jesus is nothing more than a vehicle for you to benefit it has nothing to do with anything else. It's just the method you're using to enrich your own life. Um, so, I mean, those people are, they're taking money from people who very likely don't have a lot to begin with. I mean, this is something Copeland said like last week. I, he was joking, but he wasn't really joking. He said something like, there are two times in a man's life when he should tithe, give money to the church. I saw one, that. Yeah, one is when he's rich. Or one is when he has money, and the other is when he doesn't. And they're very serious about that. Like, if you don't have money, you should still give to the church, which is such a horrible, harmful... And by the way, I've heard that from, like, Dave Ramsey, who's a prominent evangelical finance guy, who says, like, if you are poor and you're in credit card debt and you finally make some money, what should you do? save a piece for your church it's like no that is not what you do with money i am not a finance guy and i can tell you that yeah yeah jesus is always very bad with money he yeah exactly needs, he always needs more of it it's that uh george right. Cullen bit, right? yes he has yeah. all the power in the world no power to make any cash yeah <laughs> it's too good but you know yeah i think they ended up with two private jets each if i'm not mistaken whatever it is i think one of them has been through like three or four and they always get more and more excited again i i try to make this clear like i know that a lot of christians hate those guys Mm -hmm. because they're basically hijacking their faith to do stuff uh 
And the question is like, well, what are what is it that they're doing? They're using religion to get rich for themselves. I, I really wish I could hear their conversations behind the scenes because I, I want to know how much of this is an act. Um, but also, like, what about the other Christians, like the Republicans in Congress? They're using religion to pass laws that hurt immigrants and hurt gay people and hurt women. Who's more harmful? You know what I mean? Like, one guy's just taking money from old people, and the other ones are using religion to hurt millions of people. Um, I want all religious people to be mad about all of that stuff. I'm mad at all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think it's a ranking thing. I don't no, think it, and I didn't mean to suggest like one yeah, is okay and one. I think they're all bad. I think if 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 you use some sort of a let me let me rephrase what I was saying. I know yeah. a lot of Christians because they will say this out loud. They hate the Copelands and the televangelists and all that stuff, but they're very reluctant. I think to say the politicians who say they're Christians, I don't hear as much criticism of those things mm-hmm. because I think there's a feeling like they're genuine about their faith and I don't want to criticize them for their faith. No, you absolutely should criticize them all the time. I, I have a post going up tomorrow. Like a lady says in her bio, the first thing in her bio, and she's a politician is, you know, this woman, I am a Christian. And then she gets into the political stuff. And if you're going to use religion as kind of a, you can trust me, I'm an okay person. And then you do something stupid with it. I want more Christians complaining about that stuff. And I don't hear it as much. I Even with legal issues, when there's a church-state separation problem, I feel like a lot of times it's atheists who complain about it and file lawsuits about it. How come more Christians aren't angry about that? I want them to be angry about that stuff. So, I mean, I wish more religious people, I don't care if you agree with me about God or not, I think these are valid things to be upset about, and I wish more religious people would speak out about that stuff. I mean, if you look at the Catholic Church, that's the biggest hmm. pedophilia um, story that has ever come out of anywhere. I mean, we don't right. even know, we don't even we we just know the the tip of the iceberg. I mean, right. About probably tens of thousands of kids across who knows how many countries, and they end up instead of punishing these these priests, yeah. Then, Sending them to some island to live the rest of their lives just so again it's 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 one of those things where and then how many people continue going to their catholic church and giving money to their catholic church like at what how many kids have to be molested before they realize maybe this organization isn't worth supporting even though i personally get a lot of benefit from it well it's if, if there's if they really do believe, which they really do, mm-hmm. and if, if this priest represents God, I think for them, it's such, you know, even if, if, because there's just no way, you know, whenever people say, oh, we had no idea for decades, people know, people aren't <laughs> stupid, people know. And then well, one argument I've heard is like, well, yeah, that happens in the church and that's awful, but my priest and my parish are fine. It's the same thing people do about Congress where they're like, I hate Congress. I don't, tr-. they never have trust in Congress. Like no one trusts members of Congress, but they all love their congressperson. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, the whole it, it, the whole party is tainted. You gotta abandon it. It's your guy is part of the problem too. Yeah. I, I you know, there's just there's certain things that are just you know if the good news is I think it's trickling down. It'll take a while, but like Southern Baptists, for example, uh they just released a report today 
their membership shrank like more so than it has in a hundred years between 2018 and 2019. And of course, a lot of the articles about it is like, well, why is that happening? And some of it you can attribute to some numerical problems or whatever, but that's not the issue. You don't lose a couple hundred thousand people because of a statistical error. Some of it is their own scandals, sex abuse scandals, cover-ups. All those stories started coming out in 2019, and some people are realizing, yeah, I don't have to be a part of this. And guess what? They're going to have kids, and they're not going to raise their kids in those churches either. I mean, so it takes a little while for this stuff to kind of trickle down. Do you think that maybe because, I mean, I think out of all the Western countries, I believe the U.S. is the most religious are, are mm. is could it be that because of that reason people here are more susceptible to cults because i also believe there's more cults here than anywhere else and if you look at the history of cults in the u.s it's it's been a pretty bad one i i guess it depends on which cults we're talking about like they're religious but they don't belong to a quote-unquote cult but again the issue is are people susceptible to irrational thinking I think we saw in the last election, yeah, hell of a lot of Americans are susceptible to irrational thinking. And what are we going to do to fix that? Because some people can be persuaded by reason and logic and common sense. And some people refuse to do it because whatever, they have too much at stake or they don't care. They just, they're not interested in logic. They just live to make other people angry. Yeah, I mean, you had... You know, just off the top of my head, I'm sure there's, there's, there's uh, obviously there's many, but obviously Jim Jones, the, one of the most famous ones, and something yeah, but like, we're talking such a small group of people. I mean, yeah, those a thousand people, people, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's say it's a, a thousand, thousand people, people, but relative to what there's seventy million Catholics, maybe more. At, the cult members are few. Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. that I'm not correlating to. I'm just saying because potentially people here are more religious is there more because i think i don't know if it's i don't think it's just because they're religious because i don't know that they're all coming from a religious background but I, i do think there is a thing certainly in the u.s where if someone who speaks confidently sounds like they know what they're talking about and they speak forcefully and confidently a whole bunch of people will believe it and that is true of church that is true of a cult that is true of Fox News. Um, they all speak the same way. It's usually like a white guy who acts like he knows everything, speaks very authoritatively. And that is very appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, I think that is appealing. I was just going to say that because I do think that people want a savior. They do want someone to say, hey, I got this. I'm in charge. Let me either yeah. give you the information. or If let you me listen to that person, you don't have yeah. to think for yourself. It's a lot yeah. easier when someone seems like they've done the thinking for you. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely uh, agree with that. Mm-hmm. Do you see maybe, you know, I, I think we're kind of like this towards the end, but mm-hmm. uh, last question is in your opinion, Civil discourse, um, do you see it eroding? Do you see it maybe not where it should be at this, you know, at this day and age, especially like I said, we're we're in the era of information right now. Like yeah. discourse should be at its best, but I don't feel that <laughs> it, where it should be. It it strangely seems like it's getting better, partly because the bad apples are being called out yeah. um 
more so, that's good. I mean, it's such a long way to go. Because, I mean, it's not just uh, random people online who are bad at it. It's like the New York Times is bad at it. Like mainstream institutions are really bad at engaging in good faith arguments and, you know, both sides in everything. Um, so when even like mainstream institutions can't do dialogue right, because they're so interested in saying there are two sides to every story, uh, of course, regular people aren't going to do it either. But I feel like there's more criticism against that. Like younger people today know to be on the lookout for that stuff a lot more. So maybe there's change in that direction. I'm very curious, like, okay, let's assume Biden wins in November. Not a fair assumption, but let's say that happens. I'm genuinely curious what the backlash is going to be having had Trump in office for four years. Because, like, I wonder what that does to the Republican Party. I wonder what that does to evangelical Christianity. I wonder what that does to authoritative guys who speak like that. Um, then again, I thought some of that when George W. Bush was in office, and clearly it didn't go as far as I wanted it to go. But, um, like, with Obama, too, you had him in office, and then there was a huge backlash from other parts of the country. So I, I am curious, in terms of civil discourse, right now it feels like there's very little of it, but also there's a lot of people calling out the fact that we don't have that. So what happens down the line when more people have grown up knowing to be on the alert for that stuff? Maybe that's a good sign. Um, but again, having more voices, having more strong voices in powerful positions, calling that stuff out, that helps. And and if you have a platform and I have a platform that some people are listening to, I feel like we have an obligation to to not descend into the cheap stunts and the bad faith arguments as much as we can help it. We have an obligation to try to speak sensibly and responsibly. Yeah, I try not to fall into that. You know, a few times I've I've thought about putting uh headlines that'll be a bit more clickbaity and right 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 i don't want to go in that direction i i, I can do, too I, I try to be i try to be accurate with headlines smart clever maybe but like i try to be accurate because i don't want you to click on something and then i don't deliver that for you yeah um exactly yeah and especially in these type of long format like we cover so many issues and so many topics like to to Put it in three or four words it's to summarize hard. the whole thing. It's almost impossible. It so is really I, hard to do. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I try to be as honest as I can in these things, and I do really like the whole thing. Is here is just to have, you know, good good faith conversations and and learn more about people about yeah. where they're coming from, and that's that's what I specifically like to do. So totally. Well, I'm glad for, you're doing it. Yeah, man. Thanks for I, I had a great time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. My yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Great talking points. And where um, where can people find you on the on the internet? Sure. Uh, friendlyatheist.com is where I write everything. On YouTube, if you search Friendly Atheist, you will find me on Twitter. I'm at Hemant Meta, but you know, if you Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. Thanks so much, man. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one, man.